This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is presented by my delightful and important and vital Patreon members where you can become a member by going to patreon.com slash chase thomas writer again that's patreon.com slash chase thomas writer become a member make a five dollar month donation it's like a cup of coffee a month just like a, any other subscription to the new york times the new york post slate magazine the chase thomas podcast we're all one and the same that's what people are saying and you can support the show by doing that today it would be great in continuing to put out as much content as I am. Because guess what? I'm doing seven pods a week, sometimes more. We are doing interviews with pro wrestlers, former NBA players, NBA GMs, coaches, college coaches, college ADs. We are doing movie reviews on Sundays uh, that you can find with Muse and Thomas. Every single Sunday, we're reviewing a different movie. Uh, Monday through Friday, we're getting NBA, NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, team beat writers. You're getting pro wrestling analysis. You're getting the sports reporters. Reporters. What is it? I don't even know. America's favorite sports writers? I think that's what we're calling it. On Friday with some of the best sports writers and sports thinkers on the internet today. We are doing all this every single day. New content every day. You know what else I'm doing every day? I'm writing every day. You can read my Monday uh, Atlanta sports column. That comes out every Monday. On Tuesdays, you can read my Monday Night Raw recap. On Wednesday, you can read my Impact Wrestling recap. On Thursday, you can read... Hold on, let me check my notes here. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'll come back to it. On Friday, the Friday mailbag. Um, Oh, I know what I'm doing on Thursday. We're doing the AEW Dynamite review. On Friday, we're doing the Nobody Asked Mailbag, like I said. Maybe that'll turn into an actual mailbag. If you would like to send... Uh, those you can do so by going to uh, emailing me at chase podcast at gmail.com um, you can read my smackdown recaps on saturday morning you can read my newsletter that goes out every saturday morning we'll eventually have a tiny letter or Substack stack uh, once i get that pesky po box but i will update you all soon and then uh sunday volunteers yeah every saturday guess who's in knoxville me guess who'll be covering tennessee football tennessee basketball for the next several years maybe ever me balls go go read my stuff um you can read all of it at chase thomas podcast.com i would highly encourage you to check it out chase thomas podcast.com slash page hyphen 11 where you can read all my stuff get access to all of my episodes all that good stuff go to apple subscribe there leave me five stars leave a review help the show continue to grow and move into that top 200 permanently on apple podcast subscribe on spotify tell a friend share the show this intro is three minutes long that's entirely too long for an intro too long and i just did a long pause i don't know why all right uncle darren let's go
Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Friday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. More specifically, sports reporters assemble up there in the Northeast. Bob Silverman of the Daily Beast. Bob, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm assembling properly as I was yelled to do. So I'm good. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about me yelling assemble? How, how, how do you feel, Bob? It's good. It's good. I think you should go to like, I think you should really put your back into it and be like, sports reporters assemble! Like, you know, like Michael Buffer would. You are now in charge of the sports reporters assemble theme song, Bob. Uh, cool. This is now in your. Outstanding. This is perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I give you, I give you full rights to cut and clip that little sound chunk there and use it as, as you see fit. I, I, I very much might. Um, up there in the northwest of the Tacoma News Tribune, Andrew Hammond. Andrew, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I've had my coffee. I'm alive. <laughs> it's still the morning, man. It's only. It's only 10.30 in the Northwest, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Andrew. Come on. Andrew, oh, it's the weekend. Oh, you for saying afternoon. Oh. It's good morning. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. You're going. I yeah, no, no, no. Bob, no Bob, Bob, Bob is still down with me just being like, yeah, I haven't had my morning coffee yet. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking it. So, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm here. How do you take your coffee, Andrew? Um, Generally black. Okay. Uh, but Same. this morning I needed an extra kick, so I uh put a little espresso in there. Mm. You're going towards the red See, eye type. I'm thing. a, I'm a, I try to, I have, I have two coffee seasons. There's iced coffee season and hot coffee season. Okay. And like iced coffee season, I take it black, and that lasts until the temperature drops below 50 degrees, and then when it's below 50 degrees out, it turns into hot coffee season. And I take it with milk and sugar. Wait, you do milk and sugar for hot, not cold? Correct. I feel like that's backwards. That is that is that is a good way of doing it, actually. Yeah. Because hot black coffee is, is a powerful taste sensation, and you need the milk and... No, I love that, co- though. That's the reason I like it. I get really, really black coffee. I have really dark silk that I, I drink every morning. I, I need that power and that bitterness. I need it. But iced coffee, black with just ice, I don't, I don't like it. I need something else in it. No, no, it's a cool, refreshing drink. Is it? I don't know. Maybe it I does. It, it it absolutely wakes you up in the morning. Like it, it's it's funny because like you can look you can look at dark uh, cold coffee and 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 a, and nice cold brew. It looks like Pepsi. That's like just about right without the fizziness in it and it actually tastes better than pepsi so there you go i was a fan as a kid of of pepsi and milk wait what do you mean what don't tell me you're mixing those two yeah you put no what that actually sounds really really gross bob (laughs) it's good it's it tastes like basically cola-ish chocolate milk i'm good on that Okay, I'm just saying this was a thing that kids drank. Wait, Pepsi. so it wasn't just you. There were kids in the Northeast drinking Pepsi milk? It's a Midwest drink, if mm. memory serves. Like, it's a regional thing. This is not a New York thing. It's not entirely dissimilar from an egg cream, 
in terms of taste and texture. Because uh-huh. the milk immediately kills most of the carbonation. Huh. This is pussy and milk. Try it. I absolutely will not, but um, <laughs> I will absolutely not. But uh, now I know that the the Midwesterners all they love is uh, they love uh, barbecue in, and um, and Pepsi milk. In parts of in parts of lots of parts of Spain also, but very much in like that uh, the 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 Spain France and in that like Basque region, a very popular drink is cheap wine and coke. Oh. So what you do when you have really super cheap wine, like the kind you buy in a jug somewhere, is you you paper some of the tannin with Pepsi or Coke, because they don't really have Pepsi. It's wine and cola. That, too, is a refreshing drink. <laughs> you say wine and cola? Yes, wine and cola. Chase, we got to start talking sports. Bob's going crazy. Bob is. I, I'm, I am breaking the beverage barriers all over the place. I'm telling you, look. You're breaking imagine you something. Imagine, you, look, we've all had cheap, you know, convenience store wine from time to time. Well, maybe not all of us, but we know what bad wine tastes like. You don't do this with good wine. You don't do this with a quality bottle of wine. It's when you get a big jug of wine. You mix it with Coke. This was introduced to me by my French girlfriend and her family who would drink this stuff by the bucket. It was quite, it's a fizzy, delicious red wine. That is. Not, yeah, it's good. It's in the sangria realm. It's not mm. at all like sangria, but the, basically you're adding sugar to wine. So it's not as tanniny and... You know, bad. Sports! The more you know. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah. The NBA Finals, probably wrapping up tonight. Um, the good news is we're going into it um, with another great name-redacted column on the player who will be uh, probably, <laughs> hoist, probably hoisting the LOB this evening. Um, what do we think? Is there any chance, guys, that... Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis do not become NBA champions tonight. Bob, you first. Uh, I just want to say one other thing. I looked it up on the internet. It's called Calimocho. It is a Spanish drink. You're really into this. (laughs) I didn't know what it was. It was just given to me by my girlfriend's family. She was like, here, have some wine and Coke. (laughs) As one does. It's called Calimocho. It dates from the 70s. It is one of Spain's most international drinks. Get off my back. Moving on. <laughs> um, Calimocho. It's got a kind of possessed to it. Anyway, uh, any chance? What's the deal with Goran Dragic? He's out, right? Dragic is out for sure tonight. Yeah, he he can't play. And even if he did, yeah, like it's just, just it's just too bad. Yeah. Right. Um, the really weird thing is, and I read a good Dan Devine story about this earlier this week. Um, honestly, Bam Adebayo at you know, 75 to 80% effectiveness isn't really helping them right now. They, the really, the only path to victory for Miami is Jimmy Butler going ham and spreading the floor with shooters and hoping to hit no shots. Like, Bam is not enough of a deterrent at the rim or, you know, a dribble handoff passer to make what he does be 
as effective as they are with a four out system and having him in the paint or even in the high post just puts another defender in Jimmy Butler's path. So <laughs> not like anyone should be clamoring for more Kelly Olynyk or more Myers Leonard, mm. but we, I think that's the case right now. Um, Look, Miami has won these games, and, and at no point does it really ever look – sorry, uh, I keep seeing bronze on Miami. It'll always be that way. The Lakers have won all these games, and at no point have it really seems like they've ever had to put up a sweat. Like the one game they lost, again, when Jimmy went off, was they – it really looked like they were phoning it in. So – no, I don't think they do. I'm going to be rooting for them because I, I want more basketball. I mean, I want to wait till January for more basketball. So I'll root for the Heat, but I think they're, I, I think they're, I, I think it looks like it's going to be the end tonight. Andrew, what do you think? So I fully agree with And I know that makes you happy after I basically, uh, crapped on all of your yeah. uh, coffee and Pepsi takes. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, when when Bam was cleared to play in game four, my, my first thought was, okay, he's, you know, all those, you know, pick and roll actions, all of those, you know, post actions that they do that, that make him, that, that basically put them in position to succeed in the half court, the things that they were doing against Boston, the things that they did early on in game one, I figured, okay, if you can get, you know, as Bob said, if you can get him at 75, 80%, you give yourself a chance. The issue is that 75 and 80%, I didn't see much of it on in in, in game four, and I, I, I like I just I did not see Bam making an impact. Like I, I'm not saying that you know you got to pull a Willis Reed and you know you got to be all courageous and all that. I mean he's 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 absolutely doing what he needs to do to help his team. The issue is like it, there was no there there. Like he was on the floor, but there were times where you kind of forgot he was on the floor. And I don't know what Miami was trying to do. At the same time, you got to have bench production. That wasn't happening. And the thing with Jimmy, and I made this point after, uh, I want to say, I think it might have been game two. Jimmy Butler is going to need to score 40. He did it in game three. He's going to need to score 40 and get some help every step of the way. If they, if they want to make this go seven, that's going to need to happen. Um, Cause I, I, I don't anticipate LA losing tonight. Uh, one, they're wearing the black mama jerseys. Do we like that? Absolutely love it. Okay. Uh, yeah, those are nice. Have those they been nice. worn the, like the purple? This postseason, I feel like they haven't even worn that. Those are awful. That black side panel makes me. No, those are terrible. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the old purple and yellow. Just purple and yellow. Have they worn those? No, they they only have the purple with the black panels on the side. Yeah, that's not good. This this furthers my point. 
and and this is me being a crotchety old sports writer, and, and Bob is laughing at that because he's much older yeah. than me. Um, actually, Bob, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, well, also, also, I think you actually might agree with me on this. If black is not in your color scheme, nine times out of ten, it's a bad look for form. But yeah, the I Lakers agree. did it perfectly. The, yeah, the, the Lakers did. did the black Mamba jerseys perfectly and so one i think you know the fact that i mean they understand the pride and they understand the mission when you wear those uniforms so yeah that's not happening um two i think that jimmy once again jimmy butler's gonna need more help um and i mean is effective cool awesome great i uh, but as much as a Kelly Olenek or a Myers Leonard, and, and I made this point to somebody before the series, if Bam gets in foul trouble, who's going to be there? I've already said, give you Donis Haslam some minutes, just, just to. <laughs> yeah, and, and this isn't even joking, but this is more of a you need. A, you need an anchor down in the post. You need somebody who is going to be rough, and you're going to need somebody who's going to challenge AD. You're going to need somebody who's going to challenge a JaVel McGee or a Dwight Howard. Because, I mean, and I'll, I'll explain my Dwight Howard scenario uh, coming up shortly, but Kelly Olenek and Myers Leonard are not if, – if, if AD goes off and if Bam gets in foul trouble – ball game like i mean it's 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 difficult to see miami coming back but i I, and i was thinking about this last night it is poetic and it is i i think it would be a beautiful ending if dwight howard i'm not saying that he's got to you know have the game of his life but if he comes up with a few clutch plays in the second half and helps carry la over the finish line like, how can you not love that? The fact that he came back to L.A., he un- he understood, I was not mature enough. I was not ready for the moment. And basically kind of made, made amends with the franchise. You know, you know made, that, made that connection back to the fans. And, and I, I would absolutely love to see a Dwight Howard – not saying he's got to, you know, be you know player of the game, but make a few clutch plays, help set the tone in the paint. It, it, that would be nice to see. I, I have to differ with you about Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is 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 a cornball, and I do not like him. Nobody likes Dwight. Oh, he's Howard. a cornball. He's an absolute cornball. I'll agree with you there. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Forget also was doing some vaccine truthering earlier this year. That sort of that fell oh, by that's the, the fun part. By the way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, I don't trust. I don't like Dwight Howard. I really don't. I would rather have Javale McGee have some have some dope moments because Javale is awesome and fun. <laughs> Javale, as far as I know, does not own many large snakes and tons of guns. So I'm going to say, wait, who owns a lot of snakes and guns? Dwight Howard. Does he really? Yes. Oh, I did not know this. I think I'm going to have to Google it, but I think he owns 50 guns. 
The guns are whatever. Wait, snakes? Snakes. Five huge. Yes. Dwight Howard, at least as of 2015, owns 50 guns. Mm. And a snake mansion. I'm looking at this. This is he has a whole animal planet. And segment. Twenty snakes. What? Oh, this is weird. I don't like this. Yeah, there was this. There was a story by Jared Zwirling, which back five years ago, which was kind of a puff piece. But he got like, he got a tour of Dwight Mansion, and there's just like you know, like a giant Skittles machine and shit, and it's it's just. Look, it's it, Dwight doesn't seem to have matured much since he was 18. So it's kind of the house you would expect if you gave an 18-year-old uh, an eight-figure income and said, go down and buy whatever you want. <laughs> I, I like uh, Dwight Howard. I find Dwight Howard exhausting would be my answer about Dwight Howard. Right. But, I, I agree at times, but I... I... It, it would be a good ending for him in L.A. Because I think he's probably going to be a free agent, whether it be this sure. season or next season. But, you know, for for him and, yeah, the whole COVID true thing thing that he was doing in the bubble wasn't cool. But I, th- I think for him personally, it would be a nice touch. I think he needs New York. I, 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 I think he needs New York, thing, but for, Bob, don't you? No, I think it's time for, the Knicks no, open up the book. No, I think if he, no, if he just no, works with Mitchell Robinson no. – Next season, I no, think you do twenty-four no, minutes of Dwight no, and then twenty-four minutes no. of Mitchell Robinson. Stop talking! Stop <laughs> talking! I agree with Andrew, who is making a legitimate point, and not the troll Chase Thomas. <laughs> but I want—I would also like to see a nice career-ending moment for an even a player that is even more controversial, Rajon Rondo, who I think is is just a complete weirdo and a freak. And yet, awesome to watch when he's at the top of this game. Like I would like watching Rajon Rondo play. I don't like watching Dwight Howard play basketball. Even the not the superhuman monstrous defender and rim roller was great. But I like I like Rajon's game. Leaving aside all the extracurricular Rajon Rondo stuff. How um, does the Morris so twin good. champion thing work? They share a bank account. Do they share a ring? Does Marquis? Yeah, does he pass it to Marcus? Do, do we see Marcus Morris? With no. The that it's not actually Marcus out there. We don't know that for 100% yes. certain. So, Bob, yeah, I, I, I have a theory, because I actually went to KU with the Morris Twins. Okay. Um, and so, I have this theory, and I swear to God, it has happened before, and I don't care what anybody says, because I put <laughs> a tinfoil hat on. Don't get me they sued, They have switched Andrew. places for a game. They have they have switched places for a game before. I, I guarantee would not you. put it past the Morris twins. They're both there in Florida, or at least they were for a while. For you know, Marcus just be like, yeah, that's my name, Marquise Morris. Oh no, no, I'm not talking about like this year. I'm talking about like in the oh, past. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to I think they could. But I, I, I am I am of the theory that they have actually switched places for a game at least once. And 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 if they haven't actually done it, they've, they've approached the idea. Yeah, I mean I know the Lopez brothers twins have thought have definitely had those conversations. 
I know they've joked about them in public at least once, but their hair. You know, they say joke is part of a truth. Yeah, they, it, but their hairstyles are so radically different. It would require some serious work. The more I just need some beard adjustment in order to pull, in order to do the grand switcheroo. But uh, going back to the uniforms, yes, the, the Lakers black uniforms are, the Mamba uniforms are very cool. I like them. I just, nice. There was nothing wrong with the, like, I hate the Celtics and the Lakers are wearing a lot of black uniforms. It drives me insane. The Celtics the black, wore the black and black green so much brand. this postseason. Yeah. The, the really hilarious ones that were the, the, the green and gold ones the Celtics wore this year that looked like they I were hated so those. I hated the them. Celtics I hated them so font. much. Like the, the cheap chain Irish pub font Lakers uniform. Those were terrible. I hated, I hated the, and I'm a huge Celtics fan. I mean, here's my thing I don't like the Celtics in black anyway. No, I think it's I think it's 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 sacrilegious. Yeah. But I, it bothers me that it says Boston on the front of the road greens now. That that's I actually bad, like that. Uh, it just it just irks me in a way. So I was like, yeah. no, it should be Celtics. I, it bugged me when in 2012 they made the Celtics word mark bigger. They enlarged it significantly, and I find that off-putting as well. Bob, why are you yeah, not writing for UniWatch? We need to get Bob another freelance gig for UniWatch. I am UniWatch. I don't think pays very well, but shout <laughs> to Paul Lucas. Shout to Paul Lucas, the OG sports uni god. But yes. um, I am, I am incre- I get fucking granular on sports uniforms and the differences. The thing, you know, the thing, the thing that bugs me more than anything else in sports uniforms right now is not even the black for black sake trend, which I thought got stomped out of existence five years ago. Like when the Mets got rid of it and and all those teams that had just sort of black thrown in. But if you look at major league baseball pinstripe uniforms in the armpit underneath uh, on the side panel, there are no pinstripes. I, I noticed that yesterday watching the Yankees. And I was like, what the hell? They did this for all Major League Baseball uniforms when they switched providers. I forget who it is now who does all the Major Nike. League Baseball. It is Nike, right. But it was pre-Nike that they did this. It was the last, still when they were using Wilson or Rawlings or whoever. Oh, Majestic? Majestic, yes. What they did is they they switched to a more, quote-unquote, breathable fabric underneath the armpits to allow greater ventilation. But what they could not do, evidently, was you, with this more breathable fabric, continue the pinstripes so it is a pinstripe jersey. So you have these weird white blotches underneath the armpits of every pinstripe team's uniform, and I find it it's maddening. It pings my OCD in the worst way. I just want to run onto the field with a Sharpie and draw in the goddamn pinstripes. I, I, okay, so I have a question. And Chase, sure. sorry to interrupt um, and like take away from your 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 portion of the podcast, <laughs> but I because because I'm fascinated by what people think of the Nike swoosh on the uniforms. It's yeah, uh, listeners. I I assume you agree with myself and Andrew that it is a blight and needs to be removed immediately. I hate uh, it, Bob. I don't notice. Bob, I yeah. don't. That's the thing. I don't notice, and I ha- actually had this argument. Like me and my former 
sports editor had this like it wasn't a it was a presidential debate type argument, you know, without, you know, the craziness. Sure. We sat in a, we sat we sat in our office for like 20 minutes debating the Nike swoosh on the logo. He was like, I'm not a, not a fan of it. Like, I totally get it. My thing is, if you watch college baseball, you know, you've got Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. You got all those logos all over the place. Like, that's not going away. Um, and no. it's. And on some uniforms, it's hard to notice. Like, I was looking at a Red Sox uniform yesterday, and I was like, oh, I forgot they had a swoosh on. It's the the Yankees where you see it. It's the Yankees one where you go, that's not supposed to be there. Put it on a sleeve. Or if anything, where I I get mad is if it's different colors. When, like, when we saw, like, if you look at the NFL practice uniforms, the summer ones, like, the Falcons have this orange, huge home depot logo on their patch or yeah. like a big at&t with the at&t colors on that will send me into hyperdrive if they do something like I, was, that. I was i was very much upset about the introduction of ads into nba uniforms and it's become so accustomed that i don't even really notice it anymore like the ge logo on the celtics yeah it's sort of like oh that's there okay fine whatever well you just Moving look ge on. and you're like wow what a great partnership i'm a general i'm a a, a fan of that of that company yeah that's a good brand to me um the but the the really insidious thing is if you notice the speaking of uniforms the los angeles rams uniforms which were widely panned when the photographs were distributed this summer and i'm sure i made a joke about the road color being bone at some point on the twitter but Watching them on TV in action, they're better than I thought. And the Chargers uniforms, which I thought were the bee's knees, are not as appealing as I thought as when the photographs were just. Ooh, interesting. I think they've only had that one. They've only had that one look so far. With they've worn the, the powder white, blue and the white. white pants. Yeah, they've worn the white pants and the yellow, the yellow pants and the white pants with the white top. They haven't rocked the blue one yet which I think would be better, the powder blue, but we'll see. It's not it's not as sexy as I thought it was. But if you notice the thing about the Rams uniform, they've got a patch on the upper left-hand corner of their jersey that says Los Angeles Rams on it, which seemed weird at the time because why do you have a patch in the upper left-hand corner of your jersey that says Rams? We know you're the Rams. You're the only uniform and team that looks like the Rams. You're the Rams. And I'm, I am... This is conspiratorial as hell, but I'm 99% sure they are laying the terrain for NBA-like advertising on NFL. Oh, they absolutely with. are. Yeah, yeah, they they, they absolutely are. are. They are they are they're softening the ground so that everyone will be like, oh, there's a patch on team uniform. Oh, well, now it says, uh, you know, Hooters on it instead. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm Bob. I'm glad you said that. Because I I joked around and said, oh, they are they are the superstore USA football team. Um, but yeah, it does look like a Best Buy like employee shirt. As somebody as somebody who used to work at Best Buy. Absolutely. Mm. Um, But yeah, no, that that is that has been my theory um, that and I think people are afraid of uniforms looking like. Like European you know, soccer and American soccer, right. like people, people are afraid that they're going to turn into soccer uniforms or even 
you know, European basketball with like five million sponsors on. Like guys. Well, this is where the MLS was, was lucked out. The, it was already European normalized. Basketball. It would have been weird if the MLS started without ads. Like they, they're like the inverse of everything, where it's like they started like that. And if it was just straight up Atlanta United stuff all over their uniforms, we would have been like, "Whoa, what are you doing, guys?" I have, I have in my closet a, a Rono Ukic jersey from Virtus Roma, mm-hmm. which I bought on on eBay one night when I was not of my right mind and bought a oh, Rona Lake. Don't you love those Rona. purchases and you get an update and you're like, why, how did I, what did I spend $7 on? Yeah. Why did I spend $20 on a replica jersey for an obscure combo guard for the Raptors in the Spurs? Any yeah. case, but it's covered in ads and I, I do love it. So, and, and the basketball ones that are just ridiculously, which just look like a highway billboard. I kind of <laughs> love them, but I don't want that to happen to NBA jerseys. No, that would be bad. But yeah, NFL teams obviously will have sponsor patches in the near future. Like the NFL is not going to lean on tradition here and declare this influx of cash to be an untoward sullying of their grand noble tradition of the game. Yeah. It'll happen soon. Are you ready for? It's why, uh, like, are you ready for so the Washington many, football why, team to have a barstool pin? Uh, yeah, sure. I think Barstool, I mean, I don't know if they're serious. It's so hard to tell when they're actually telling the truth because everything they do is layered in so much kayfabe, but I think they put in a bid for the Bills naming rights. Yes, for, for the, the stadium. stadium. Yeah. Which, please, no, God, no, no. No, that, that seems right to me. I think they should do that. I'm in favor of that. Please, it's, let them It's do very that. on brand, but just, ugh. I, I'm, I'm Honestly. no fan of Barstool, obviously, um, because anything anything that Dave Portnoy does, just I don't care if he could tell me, oh yeah, I have, you know, I have the elixir, you know, I have the fountain of youth. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dave, Dave Portnoy comes up with the Rona vaccine. That's that's going to be the hot new news of 2020. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I look as someone who's done a lot of reporting on Barstool. My here is my most considered take, and here's a radical Barstool take. I don't like what they produce. <laughs> I'm clearly not an audience for it. I think it's bad. <laughs> I find what they do unfunny, which is fine. Dave Portnoy has built one of the few independent media companies left. The way he has done it is in many ways vile and reprehensible and and awful and girded by no small amount of stealing. But Dave Portnoy has built an independent media company. And for all the things that I would say that would be critical of him, I cannot deny him that reality. Agreed. Like, it is one of both. I mean, granted, we'll see what happens if and when the uh, local brick-and-mortar casino that, that that's buying into barstool fully takes over but for now if you ask me to name another there are no other independent sports media companies besides barstool wait what is defector and defector i mean they're a subscriber model i don't think it's the same thing okay. i don't think you can bump together if you want to throw yeah that's all and and, and i have my issues with defector but yeah yeah that's a longer conversation, probably a little too frank. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I may need a few drinks over that. Sure. 
Mm. But yeah, so that's my most radical barstool Dave Portnoy take. He did, in fact, build an independent media company. There you go. And congratulations to him because nobody else can seemingly figure that out right now. And congratulations to all the women who will not be getting married on Saturdays in the fall anymore. He built that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats. Hat tip to him. <laughs> <laughs> Which naturally brings us to the NFL and the Tennessee Titans, the state that I'm in right now, who just, it keeps getting worse. The story, I, I forgot who I saw who <laughs> quote tweeted this today of just like, to celebrate their first day of no positive test, the Tennessee Titans are going to the dingiest, uh, most enclosed barbecue spot in uh, the national. <laughs> Uh, are they, uh, what, what are we doing the latest, here? latest case? Is the game the game is canceled? The game is on? No, it's Nobody on. They're knows. moving it. They just keep moving it. I think my most uh. radical take is I think they should have had to forfeit the Steelers game based on what happened and the fact that they broke protocol and knew the the rules and still did it anyway. And then did the practice. Like if you're not actually going to punish these teams and you're just going to keep moving games around, they're going to keep trying to break the rules. They're going to keep trying to get around this stuff and being stupid. Like, I don't, you have to, I, I think that's the only way to get this. If you're not going to do a bubble, you have to make teams forfeit if they break protocol. That's the only way we're getting through this. I, I am baffled as to why the NFL hasn't built in at least one or two, like, Rona makeup weeks. It's arrogance. It just seems like, I, I know, but, you know, the NFL is stupid and greedy and willing to sacrifice its customers and employees if it means keeping the whole kit and caboodle running, I get that. I'm just a little stunned that they didn't say, okay, we will either start the playoffs in the first week of January or it'll be Rona makeup week. And I realize, you know, stadiums need to be booked. There are logistical difficulties to be worked out, but it's not like there are other mass scale events happening right now that they have to compete with or anything like that. So it it just it's it it makes it's confusing to me that they didn't think okay for the teams that got fucked we'll we'll take over a North Dakota a stadium in North Dakota somewhere and play our makeup games there if need be. It's that, that to requires me, foresight. It's not a lot. Not a ton. Very little, in fact. It requires, I think, not even it's just sight. Not foresight, but just sight. Let me yeah. introduce you to Jerry Jones. Uh, okay. Dan Snyder. Christopher Johnson. You go up and down the list, man. I don't, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I me. know. It's not the Algonquin round table, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think? So, I... I hate being the bearer of bad news with, and I, and I I hate, you know, moonwalking and tap dancing on the, uh, NFL's collective grave when it comes to this issue. But I told y'all, and I'm not saying that I mean, I said on here, but I knew this shit was going to happen. And I just got sent home earlier today. Yeah. Like, like, here's by the way, this is not, not the lead of the easy joke, but of course, lol, Jets get the Rona. That, that was pretty predictable, too. Yeah. And and the thing is, we knew this was going to happen. Like, when when the NFL decided, 
okay, essentially everybody can police themselves. Everything, you know, we we can do this, you know, we've we've got this under control. I'm, I'm sitting back going, okay. All it takes is one positive test or, you know, like uh, you you throw all the parameters up in the air. Good. Awesome. Great. It just takes one positive test and you've got people, especially Mike Vrabel. I like Mike Vrabel. I, I am I am a huge Mike Vrabel fan. But here's the here's the thing about Mike Vrabel that I can't stand. He he is football or die guy. Like that man <laughs> is so hell bent and so old school when it comes to that mentality of oh we'll take you on anytime anywhere and you know blood guts and sweat and all that crap when they should have been home they're sitting there organizing practices like dog are are you not paying attention are you not understanding the risks that you take and i i get you know because people come in my anytime i mention this it's like they're taking risks every time they go out there i'm like yeah but when it's clear that you need to be home and you need to follow directions, follow them. Um, and like, this, this is just only the beginning and it's going to get worse. And, you know, you've got multiple colleges battling this, the PAC 12 and the big 10 are still trying to go back come back. And I'm just like, guys, it's, it's really like, I understand for all of us, it's important because our livelihoods and our careers, you know, kind of depend on sports actually existing. But we are uh, like collectively realizing that the people in charge, and we knew this already, but the people in charge have no idea what they're doing. All they're seeing is the bottom line, which is money, which I totally understand. But they're handling it so poorly. Like it's it's just it's being handled. I'm not even so asking them to like see anything but the profit line. I'm asking them to come up with a better plan for extracting profit. Exactly. I'm not. I, I, this is not me saying actually we should probably shut down all sports because this is a massive unnecessary risk right now, which is my position. But um, <laughs> it's like I'm just saying like. Why don't you why don't you build a, a, a better disease vector? Why don't you figure out a way to you know prepare for the worst case scenario and continue raking in money? Like the, the speaking of which, Major League Baseball having fans in fucking Texas for the World Series is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. That will end badly, I believe. It'll end badly. And, and but the thing is, I don't think it's going to be an issue player wise. I don't think that's going to be an issue. My biggest thing is you're going to have so much contact tracing through fans in general. And yeah, it's like, why? Why do you need fans there? Like the game, like I'm, I've been to the point where I'm actually okay with like watching, especially watching baseball. Like, it's okay to, like, be cool with no fans being there. And they've done a great job so far in terms of, you know, making sure that it actually feels like 
you know, fans are there with the, with all the cutouts. Like, okay, that's 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 fine. That's cool. If you want to, you know, have people in, you know, cased off sections, cool. But now you want to have massive fans there, which is massive. When we say eleven thousand in that, you know, barbecue uh, grill looking stadium, cool, great. All right, all right. Sports in America just they confuse me. They absolutely confuse me. I, you know, it's we, you know, we we talked this about getting used to disturbing the realities exemplified by the GE logo on the Celtics uniform. This is a little bit more disturbing, but yeah, I've gotten used to it. I, it has gotten, it has become normalized. I like every now and then, you know, I was watching, um, I was watching the Yanks the other day and. I was like, at a moment, I forget who was hitting, but there was they had a side, instead of the view from center field over the pitcher's shoulder, they had a side view of the batter in the batter's box, and there are all those cardboard cutouts staring back at, <laughs> at the hitter. And I just thought that is, I, for, I had one of those moments where I thought, okay, if I did have access to the Dave Fortnite invented time travel machine that he's going to come up with now, um, I could and took this back to myself from a year ago and showed it, I, I think October 2019 me would lose my mind a little bit. And what was so disturbing and, and Uncanny Valley-like was the degree to which I sat there and went, oh, right, the cardboard cutout fans. Yes, that's that's the thing that we live with now. That's just reality now. Oh, okay. And that kind of disassociation where you realize how much has changed and how much you've grown to accept it was... It took. I, I was taken aback for a moment. It was. It was an odd, odd moment. And then I went back to to watching the game, of course. Mm. How do we think this ends? Mm. Do they go to a bubble or do they just trudge through? Do do like I? I don't know how this ends. I don't, I don't know think this they could... can. Yeah. I don't it's think the late. NFL can at this. I don't think there's time now to jerry rig. Like the NBA was able to do it because it's just it's one. It's fewer people that need to be housed. Mm -hmm. I don't know, even if it like in time for the NFL playoffs, they could throw this together and pull it. Even if the NFL was running on at peak capacity and with peak efficiency, you could even do it for we, the conference championship games, but no. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you started um, it now, if you, if you, if you put the plan in place now, um, but no, it's too late. It's tough because, like, look, you could. I mean, there are some again logistical problems that make it a lot harder than for the NFL and the NHL, the, the NHL and the NBA rather, and WNBA is like finding a lot of football stadiums within a relatively small space and a campus. That's not. That's not something like you'd need a college town to do that. Is the only place I could see them doing it. Sorry, Knoxville's not open. No, Knoxville is don't not want open. you. We don't want you. No, no. Yes, you, you would need a college, an abandoned college, like mm. a state with three or four colleges in the same place. And I mean, maybe if it was just the conference championships and the Super Bowl, I guess. In the Sun of. Belt as well. You, 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 yeah. you have to do it in a Sun Belt state because there's no way in – because I've got a – 
a list of colleges off the top of my head that would work. Um, but you can't, I mean, the thing is you can't, you basically can't be in the state of California at this point. Um, and you know, the NFL will try to do it in Vegas. You know, that's already, they're like, if they are having which, these conversations, they're thinking Vegas, which makes it, I hate saying this. It, it makes, makes sense. some sense. It yeah. Makes some and sense it's because, well, you would have to assume that all like, Frack, have the casinos been reopened in Vegas yet? No, they haven't, right? I thought yeah, some they had. had. Have yeah, they? Some have. Yeah, uh, yep. some have. Well, what was it, the win? What was it, the day or two before the Raiders uh, opened up their stadium? The win had like 500 yeah. uh, people yeah. having to uh, either quarantine or got coronavirus just right. off of that alone. So you would need a chunk. You would need the stadium and the, the the giant hockey puck stadium that they built, the Death Star thing. Um, okay, you've got that. Uh, you would need the hotels. You would need part of the hotels that is somehow cordoned off from tourists entirely. So, and I think if like something goes wrong, I think I assume UNLV has a football stadium right yeah sam boyd stadium yeah right so i'm like clearly if the nfl the nfl is not thinking well we could maybe get the auburn and alabama campuses once the kids have gone home they're obviously thinking vegas and i mean maybe but they would need to begin it would have been like planning for this would have needed to be started months ago yeah honestly like the NBA took, they started letting players back in and people back in first week in July. They shut down in March. They spent every second. Like there's a good, there's a good uh, Kevin Arnovitz ESPN article with a TikTok about how everything went, um, getting all this stuff ready. And I think it's Arnovitz. I could be wrong. Shouts to Kevin Arnovitz either way. Man writes good stories. But uh, like once. Once things went, they shut things down, they immediately began figuring that out. So that's March, April, May, June. That's four months. Now, we know more about the virus than we did then. And there are models about how to do this that exist. So the NFL could copy from someone else's homework. But in three months, I don't know if they can do it. Here's here here and uh, as Bob was talking, I was trying to figure out okay, how could they do it in terms of you know either the entire playoffs or the you know whatever. There's three stadiums that instantly popped up in my head that you could you know if 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 you are forced to do a bubble without fans and all that, basically kind of like the NBA and the NHL. I've got three stadiums that you could use for the uh, conference championship games in the Super Bowl. Dallas, Atlanta, Vegas. Like, because one, it, it, yes. they want to make Jerry it Jerry Turner is getting a boner just hearing you well, think about that. And, 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 and as much as I'm not, I mean, Cowboy Stadium is cool. But it is clear that they are trying to make that like when Cowboy Stadium, like the first 10 years of Cowboy Stadium, 
existed. The NFL wanted to do as much as they can to get any event, and, and Jerry wanted to get any event because he had to pay the son of a bitch off. Uh, <laughs> but you you can tell that they they want to showcase their new stadiums as much as possible, and as much as they want to do SoFi, you can you can wait on SoFi for the Super Bowl next year, um, but. The three stadiums that you could use are Vegas, Atlanta, and Dallas. It's right there. It's you, you could have all of them host playoff games and just run them out of that. I don't know what the logistical plans could be, but if you wanted to limit travel and you wanted to keep people in a bubble, because clearly the NFL is having issues controlling this as much as much as they're doing daily testing and all that crap. They need a bubble. Those are three stadiums that would, that would be perfect for it. And yeah. And if in hell, if you wanted to use SoFi, if you wanted to use four stadiums, go ahead. But until the NFL actually gets I mean, in a bubble, this is going to be a week. Four- Using four stadiums to me seems to defeat the purpose of stopping of, of creating a bubble just now because eventually you're going to have to move the teams that win to a different stadium somehow. I mean, I guess unless you want to wreck four mini bubbles for you know each bracket of the playoffs, but then they're all going to eventually have to start coalescing somewhere. I, no, for sure, for sure. No, I I totally get like I would have put if you were going to do a bubble. You put the AFC in Vegas, you put the NFC in Atlanta, and you just play them out right there. And then in the Super Bowl, you meet because the Super Bowl is supposed to be in Tampa this year. If I'm the NFL, which they won't do because it's actually a sensible idea, get the hell out of Tampa. Get the hell out of Florida because those numbers are going to skyrocket and just play it at SoFi, play it at you know, just play it somewhere where it's neutral, no fans, because clearly we do not need fans. It's well, okay. On. I think we the Dolphins going full capacity is just the right right thing to do at this moment. I think this is the time is now. If it w- if it was the Adam Gase coach Dolphins, this would be funnier. But I'm like, <laughs> the Dolphins are actually somewhat watchable. Like they're they're actually like someone everybody's like oh nobody wants to see the dolphins I'm like hey guys that oh no they're a fun team actually ain't bad <laughs> they're fun they got they got it's magic they got you know they'll have Tua starting eventually it's a fun team yeah. why not I do think to put a bow on this is I do think they're gonna do a bubble for the postseason I think that that is probably in the works but they're going to trudge through this regular season and some teams are going to finish with 14 games some are going to finish with 10 titans just may never play again um but they're gonna get through <laughs> it in this way and then they're just going to be like all right bubble and then they're going to be like success we got through the season you're like okay oh yeah uh, they're absolutely going to pat themselves on the back yes um another thing i want to touch on so this is right up your your alley i don't know if you've seen this story that broke last night uh bob but Andrew did not seem very surprised that Wichita State head coach and very good head coach. Like the they built a, an amazing program. The Shockers, who could forget the old women who were chugging monsters at Midnight Madness <laughs> when I was I guess was this, was I in college at this point undergrad? I, I don't, it was a long time ago, but it's one of my favorite gifts of 
um, them sharing a monster and one of the older women uh, just choking on it because she just could not imagine how anyone could uh, ingest such an energy drink. But um, yeah, Greg Marshall, uh, turns out, reportedly, maybe not the best human being. Andrew, what happened here? What's going on? So, okay, so Greg Marshall, head coach of Wichita State, fiery guy and intense guy. He basically, it was every bad coach uh, I mean, he, he he checked off all the boxes. That's why, like, it's it's nothing new, you know, punching players in practice, choking assistants. Like, I, I say this calmly, and I say this, you know, just kind of like, okay, like, coaches, some coaches do this, and it, it, it shouldn't be a shock no matter what level. Coaches get super intense and super crazy, and the thing is, I've actually broke bread with Greg Marshall. Like, I... I've actually sat down and drank wine with the dude. Uh, and, I mean, and, wine and, and like, coke. And Bob, I wine swear and to coke? God, I swear to God, just bring it back I, around. Bob, I'm sorry, come to New York and I'm going to punch you in the face. Um, oh, oh my goodness! As as, as 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 we're talking about Greg Marshall's anger issues, um, <laughs> Bob knows I love him. Uh, hey. But no, I mean it's it's it, it's not surprising because. Uh, some of the things that I mean, and, and the thing is, like when you're when you're covering a team, or you know, no matter what level, you hear things, and, you, and you're hearing, you know, stuff like that. So, like the an, an incident involving a player where he punched him essentially in uh, in the back of the neck between like the shoulder area. I had heard that, and I, you know, and this one, it. I was like, oh, that's that's a very fascinating thing. I'm, and you, you kind of wait for some of that stuff to come out because, you know, it could be, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's that game of telephone. So you hear from somebody who heard it from somebody. But when you hear it from uh, a reputable source, you're like, OK, not going to say anything. You, you, you kind of keep that stuff under wraps. But when all of that stuff was coming out and when Jeff Goodman uh, the, the athletic had it first, but then Jeff Goodman basically laid out all the gory details, all the ugliness. I wasn't shocked. And because, you know, that's, that's my hometown. That is an area where people, if, if you're a winner, they will love you no matter what. And I was already seeing some of the people defend Greg Marshall. I'm just like, guys, guys, no, this is not your fight. This is not the fight to take. Please just just get out of the way. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, hell, his wife, Lynn, who is a sweet lady, she's quite intense. Uh, there's a there's a classic, classic picture of her screaming at the officials and Pat Forty, uh, who's with SI now, he is on press row it's at the NCAA Wait, is that Greg Marshall's wife who's yelling? I remember yes. this. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lynn Marshall is uh, quite notorious. Um, she and she's always been, you know, very intense and whatnot. But she's yelling at the official and Pat Forty is just sitting there behind her and at the NCAA tournament on press row <clears throat> in most places you, like 
it's very close, uh, depending on like where, where media seating is, you're very close to the stand. So, yeah, that look of exasperation on his face, absolutely perfect. Um, but, yeah, no, Greg Marshall in big trouble, and this is not good. This is not a good look for he or the university. And I don't know how much you guys read in that Goodman report, but it's uh, it, it was a tough read. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Bob, I've even got an angle for you in this. Okay. Andrew. I came up with one by myself, but go for it. <laughs> I did it all by my lonesome. Uh, Andrew, who is the uh, the mega donor for the Wichita State Shockers? Who who runs Greg Marshall's program? I oh, swear to God, Chase, I am not Pepsi. Coke not Pepsi. The Coke Brothers. The Coke Brothers. Ah, uh, yeah. They That's run right. that universe. They 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 run that university, and it's like I said, it's gonna get ugly it's not gonna be fun it's gonna be stupid and just i'm not looking forward to it the, the best thing about it there's an old trope that was started by by uh, speaking of defector of david j roth um which is that uh on a, if they hang around for enough time all college basketball coaches really look like failed politicians mm. Which I think is incredibly true. <laughs> like you can look at a, a polit like any politician mired in a scandal, and think of an, a very similar college basketball scandal that they might get caught up in. Like, I, so in researching this story an hour ago, when Chase mentioned you're going to talk about it, um, I was just looking at pictures of Greg Marshall, and boy, does that fucker look like Devin Nunez. Mm. So for yes. so Greg Marshall gets the uh, backbench uh, congressman from California who spends his days suing Google for the suing Twitter for the parody accounts that make fun of him is what caused his downfall from Congress. Similarly, Devin Nunez fired from Wichita State after it was uncovered that he was verbally and physically abusing his players. Well, that's what I was going to ask so, you, Andrew. Do you think he actually gets fired? Because it seems like he's got a lot of power here. He's got a lot of sway. They he, kept, okay, kept up in the so, ante to keep him. So the thing about Greg Marshall has always been, oh, well, how come he hasn't, you know, gotten gotten a big job? How come he hasn't, you know, uh, he was offered by Alabama for, you know, he, he wants power. He realizes that if I'm at, you know, this school, if I'm at whatever school and there's no football there, there's no football program at Wichita State. I am the king of Wichita. Taken to a Final Four, and I I said this when they went to the Final Four in 2013. There's no way that he buys another beer in Wichita ever again because he's a made man. He resurrected this program that everybody loves. He's untouchable. until, And I figured until the day where Duke, maybe North Carolina, one of those schools says, hey, come coach us. But 
the more you saw, oh, all these all these openings are coming up. You know, UCLA came up, Texas came up, and he's still there. People started wondering. Oh, I wonder why. This is why. This is why people are not, or oh, I'm necessarily weren't on board with him in general. But there's a lot of baggage there. There's a there there is a guy who wants to be the man on campus. I mean, and and that that story regarding the student, you know, parking in his spot. Okay, like full full disclosure, and and I'm gonna give a, a, a brief synopsis of what the WSU parking lot looks like over by uh, Coke Arena. That parking lot is so small and absolutely like it's a, it's a nightmare to park there if there are multiple cars there. Like it's it's a very difficult spot, and you gotta be patient. And yeah, like I've. Heck, I've parked there for I parked there for a uh, uh, for like a high school game one time. Um, <laughs> it wasn't in his spot, but I parked in that area. So it's very difficult to you know find a parking spot. So if you find it cool, him actually saying you know you know you know who the f I am like dog, stop it. Like, it, and the thing is, you have a university, you have a athletic department that. He's basically their golden goose. Yeah. And as much as I respect the AD and 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 have had a few conversations with him, my biggest worry in all of this is how cl- if they're going to defend him on this independent investigation, it's not going to look good because according to, you know, Goodman's report, they kind of sort of I'm not saying shoved a lot of this under the bed, but they dismissed and they, they denied a lot of it. And so that that's where the, the university has to step in and make the right move. And I'm already hearing stuff from sources that are saying that, you know, boosters and, 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 and people and supporters of the program are already trying to, you know, put a coalition to back Greg Marshall. Oh, like, I, guys, I was hoping you're going the other way with that. Oh no. Oh, to to to, to get rid of Greg Marshall. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. They they here's the thing. He took him to the promised land. He took him to a final four. He's a made man. You're gonna have, and this is, you know, this is clearly you know not a. This is not similar to what happened. But in terms of supporters, and you had you know those those people supporting Art Bryles, and, and it was just it's like once a coach takes a once a once a coach takes a school to the promised land, once he takes them to heights that they've never seen, there is this you know there there's this we can't. We can we we have to defend him to the death because he did this for us. At some point, you've got to yeah. He took you to a final four. He he did all these things for your program, but if he's also doing, you can't defend that. If if, if this stuff is true, which it looks like it did in the fantastic reporting from Stadium and the Athletic, it looks like it is true. 
if Wichita State's report, if any slice of it comes out true, he's done. He's absolutely done. And defend stupidity and jackass behavior like that. Mm. Well, happy weekend, everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 great, great way to end it. You know, stupidity and jackass behavior. I'm glad I could. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could. No, do it's, it's a, it's a fairly evergreen kicker. I think we can. I think we're okay with. That's fine. <sighs> Bob, any fun plans for you this week? Uh, I've got a story I'm filing coming up this week, uh, which I can't say anything about at the moment, but it should be fun. Um, at a different website than I usually write at, so. That's me being all coy and keeping it a secret. But you'll see me about it. You'll certainly see me tweeting about it on Twitter.com at Bob Sayeta, B-O-B-S-A-I-E-T-T-A, if you want to give me a follow. Andrew, what can we check out from you this week? Um, I've got a few plans. Can't really, uh, can't really disclose, but yeah. All right, well, uh, here's the great news, folks. I can disclose anything because I am independent. <laughs> Guess what? ChaseThomasPodcast.com. Yeah, today. Wrote about Boy Meets World this morning, last night. Wrote about professional wrestling. Open. Guess what? My source is open. Writing about Tennessee this weekend. Yes, that's happening. Writing about the Braves. Happening. Folks, unlike Bob and Andrew, who just love to, to hide behind the, she- the, the secrecy, no, I am up front and giving you this content and letting you know what I am doing Monday through Sunday, you know where to go. I am the writer for the people. I am about the common man who just wants to know where I'm writing. People, I am with you. Andrew, continue. Are you still talking, man? <laughs> that went on for a long time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Felt right. good. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get to Thanks, rant. Thanks, I didn't get to then rant. You did. I, I didn't get to you rant. You just did. Yeah. You there. just did. All right, well, there you go. Andrew Hammond, Bob Sayetta, thank you guys. As always, (laughs) I will talk to you next week. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Heard? Did you like what you heard? I think is what I'm trying to say, right? That's what I'm trying to say. That's the correct English. Um, Then guess what? Here's what you do. You go to Apple. You leave it five stars. You leave a review. You let people know why they should listen to this show. You go to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. You become a member. $5 a month. Go do it. You can do more. I'm not going to say no. Um, go to ChaseThomasPodcast.com. Read all my stuff. ChaseThomasPodcast slash page hyphen 11. It's great stuff. Writing every day. Doing the pod every day. Support the best independent sports podcast today. No one's doing what I'm doing. Nobody can touch me. Let's keep this thing moving. Let's keep the lights on. Let's keep getting after it. I'm hyped up. Follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Thank you all for your support as this show continues to grow. We'll be back. Yeah, tomorrow. Because guess what? This show is daily and it's all thanks to you guys. Talk to you soon. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.